Christian. It's Gene Simmons of KISS, online.com. And Kistory, the greatest biography in the history of television and the most successful broadcast in the history of the A&E Network since, of course, 2012, when they had the distinct privilege of broadcasting the series finale of Family Jewels, the heartwarming true story of the self-made success of an incredibly talented up-and-comer who really revolutionized the landscape of reality television. Gene Simmons of KISS, online.com. I understand that you and the very powerful and attractive Will Sterling are going to review Kistory, which can be found now on the A&E video app and soon to be available for purchase on Blu-ray, DVD, VHS, Betamax, YouTube, and Tinder. There are a few things that I think you need to keep in mind as you prepare to watch Kistory. We're just two short months away from my upcoming art show at the Amazing Gallery at the Grand Canal Shops in the Venetian Las Vegas, October 14th through the 16th, which will showcase sketches, paintings, both large and small, from an incredible, talented up-and-comer who really revolutionized the landscape of the art world. Gene Simmons of KISS, online.com. For more information, go to anamazing.com. Also important to keep in mind while watching Kistory is that KISS, online.com, is your source for tickets to the next leg of the End of the Road Tour, including August 18th at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts, and August 19th at Darling's Waterfront Pavilion in Bangor, Maine. Which reminds me of back in 1974 when Kiss first played Maine and Ed Darling in the front row was kind enough to welcome me to Bangor. But I digress. We're excited to get back on the road, the end of the road. But due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, we will unfortunately have to make some substitutions in our lineup. At the Massachusetts show, Tommy and Eric will be unable to appear. Behind the drums will be a cardboard cutout of Miles Standish wearing a pilgrim hat who admittedly keeps better time than Peter Chris ever did, and on guitar in the Spaceman makeup will be Boston's own Joe Perry, Winkle, who in addition to selling Fenway Franks at Red Sox games, also played guitar in a high school talent show in 1994. Fans expecting to see Ace won't notice the difference despite his zoftig body appearance and hooked hand. Tommy and Eric will be on hand for the Banger Show. However, Eric will be unable to perform August 20th at the Coastal Credit Union Music Park at Walnut Creek in Raleigh, North Carolina. Fortunately, we will be in very good hands because we have all-state insurance, but also because the drum kit will be manned by talented drummer Stephen Adler, Baum, and Stein, who is a bank manager at the Coastal Credit Union branch across from the venue. With all that in mind, you are now ready to discuss history, as long as you don't expect to hear at any time the words Vinnie Vincent, just a terrible, terrible human being. Unlike Vincent van Gogh, I've often been compared to on many occasions, not just because he reportedly performed cunnilingus on more than 20,000 women, every one of them to completion, by the way, but also because we're both highly skilled painters. And I'm not sure if you know, but I have an upcoming art show at the Animazing Gallery at the Grand Canal Shops at the Venetian in Las Vegas, October 14th through the 16th. For information on VIP meet-and-greet opportunities, go to animazing.com. But more importantly... I hope you and all of Blatcast Nation enjoy Kistory and visit kissonline.com. All right, Blatcast. You wanted the best. You've got the best. The greatest podcast in the world. The Blatcast. <laughs>
that's right. You wanted the best. You got the best. The hottest black cast in the land. This inexplicably is Blackcast 447. I am Christian Blatt. And for those watching the video, seated right next to me for the second time in the last year and a half, the one, the only, Mr. William J. Sterling. Hello, Christian. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been really fabulous doing this with you. You're a very attractive and successful man. We could make a lot of money together. And we are indeed here to talk about not history, but Kistory, mm. the two-part A&E documentary, Kistory, uh, which, uh, it, you know, we, I promised that we were going to post this episode a while ago, but uh, it actually took Will and I a while to watch it because of uh, the number of commercials that A&E inserts in their app that you have to watch. It, it took us multiple days just to yeah. get through the commercials. But in all honesty, it, we didn't pay anything. We did, I didn't even have to log in to a, anything. A Kist thing you didn't have to pay for. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure that that's uh, unbeknownst to them entirely. That's I true. think that uh, they probably expected for there to be some things that would instead uh, be paid by A&E. But A&E is probably just like, yeah, we're just giving it away at this point. But uh, we appreciate uh, everybody joining us. And uh, the one and only Lynn B. excited to just see you. Whoa. So she's just excited to see the Hi, Williams. Lynn. Uh, and uh, I'm wearing my Creatures of the Night shirt, and uh, Will did not come prepared, but I have a prop for you to wear at some point. You just hold it up to the camera. You're, uh, you had one at one point, but I don't know uh, what happened to it. parted with it in some way. The uh, LA Kiss uh, Arena football team <laughs> hat, which because of that team, we did get to see them for free in Anaheim once. That's remember? true. That, that was a true. show for season ticket holders. That's that right. I, I uh, strong-armed my way in there. But we almost had Tim Tebow throwing for us. <laughs> we Quarterback Tim Tebow. In fact, it is now Tebow time here on the Blattcast. So uh, overall thoughts on the Kistory two-part documentary. I'll let you go first, Will. Uh, I, it was good. Um, you know, I think in terms of like, I knew a lot of that information. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a ton of surprises. Some little Correct, things like yeah. here and there that were cool. Um, it is a bummer that... That Peter and Ace like weren't weren't part of it. I know yeah. that that always continues to be a thing, and it is, you know, it's been Gene and Paul's band since the start, and I know that there's that like the honor to the original four members that like people just don't consider any of their music Kiss if they're not in it, which I disagree with. Sure, uh, obviously because there's a lot of great music. Yeah, um, that's I come mean, since, and you know how much I love Eric Carr. Along. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. We got tears are falling because they broke up. Yeah, so it was worth it. And, uh, you know, Peter doesn't even play drums on Shandy, uh, I believe. Uh, but he's in the video. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Which is great video. to see. Ace doesn't play guitar in Creatures of the Night, but uh, he's on the album cover. That's right. Um, uh, I mean, cool to see Gene and Paul, like, hang out, you know, and kind of, like, talk. But Paul inexplicably not wearing shoes for most of this documentary. He doesn't have to. We don't, of course he doesn't have to, but yeah. I, I'm just, he's that comfortable with us. That That's he's true. Like, he's like, people, yeah. I'm just going to kick off my shoes. I know you came here to see some shoes. <laughs> so I'm not in the mood to wear shoes. <laughs> We've got a lot of people here tonight that wearing socks. Now, I don't have socks. I don't have shoes. I'm now, not here to wear flip-flops. I did bring a, a prop because I was going to make myself a drink. Yeah. Because I needed something to pick me up when I was feeling down. So, yeah, and... My uh, own version of... Cold gin! 
But uh, you didn't take into consideration that my freezer is so overstuffed with yeah. free food from my kid's school that uh, we don't have ice. Didn't imagine you to be a household that would not have ice. We don't. Uh, I mean, we don't have. Uh, we're too tired for alcohol most of the time. So, so it'd be yeah. hot gin if I want to drink it. And I don't want to do that. Hot gin. Yeah, room temperature gin. <laughs> I know you guys like something to bring you up when you're feeling low. Room temperature gin. Well, we'll have to uh, do a follow-up where we celebrate maybe at, uh, at, at Rock and Brews, and uh, they have plenty of ice there, and no doubt. We did talk about going to Rock and Brews. Yeah, but uh, that's when I realized, that was before I realized we are going to need like more than three hours to actually watch a documentary yes. and then record, but you know, we'll celebrate. And uh, you know, I've, got, I've got plans for a Rock and Brews. Uh, so the, the I, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, it's overall enjoyable. You know, yeah. I like anything Kiss, so it's fine. Um, yeah. I don't love it's produced like an A&E special sure. so the commercial breaks I mean yeah we didn't pay for it so we had to watch commercials every once in a while but it's cut it's edited that way where it's like like a TV documentary edit it's like feels a little cheap you know all the weird stock footage they use of like tanks and like airplanes exploding <laughs> and little and just, kids just like getting beat up. Footage of kids being shitty to each other. Yeah. They're like, uh, give us everything you got of kids being dicks. That Don't was worry, we've got that. Kind of chintzy. Yeah. But an enjoyable watch. I'm glad we watched it. It's not anything Kiss I like. And it always makes me be like, oh, I got to go back to this album. I'm yeah. gonna listen to this later, you know, and I and I inevitably go back through a bunch of a bunch well, of stuff. Well, what uh, what I told you when we took a little lunch break between parts, uh, what I need to do is uh, revisit the Tomorrow Show Tom Snyder interview because yes. just the clips of it, it just made me laugh all over again. Just the close-ups of Gene just glaring at Ace right. and Peter laughing along because, as Paul points out, that uh, for Peter it's hysterical that Gene and Paul are so unhappy. Yeah, <laughs> because everything they do is so controlled, uh, and I would say from that moment onward they were even more controlled. <laughs> right. But uh, and and I think I was talking to you before. I think we covered that interview in Blackcast number two or possibly number three. So uh, one of our first, wow, one of our first uh, topics on the Blackcast was the brilliant Tomorrow Show interview that uh, Tom Snyder did uh, with the four original members of Kiss when they were still the current members of Kiss. And yeah, it is disappointing that we don't get Ace and Peter's uh, perspective apart from archival interviews. Mm -hmm. But they were both approached and they both declined. And uh, they both, uh, I think, wanted to be paid handsomely. Um, there's actually something that was in an early cut of this that uh, that was sent out to press, but is no longer in it. The, I heard the director talk about cutting it out specifically for time. And they point out that Peter wouldn't let them play Beth oh. in this documentary. So then they, it's Gene and Paul talking to the cameras. Like, at this moment, you would be hearing the song Beth right now. But Peter is a petulant child and wouldn't let us have it. And so then they just kind of stare at the camera. And so it, it, apparently what it did is... That it, was what they did yeah, say? They, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually what they said. It might have actually been Paul who said that, uh, Oh, he's a petulant child! You yeah. Know, but the, that's still... That, that was the quote that I heard, that they called Peter a petulant child. Mm. And, you know, uh, it's, I, I mean, my thinking is like, that's like song licensing. That's money you could have gotten. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, look, the, the Peter Chris money isn't coming in. And I have to say that you watch it and it's a lot of what you know if you're a fan of, of Kiss. 
and you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, uh, Ace really had a lot of problems with uh, alcohol and other substances. But then the bigger takeaway is like, Christ, Peter Chris is just such a fucking dick. <laughs> you know, because it, it, it's like yeah. even on the reunion tour, he's just like, you know, he, he it's like right away. He's like bigger. He's way too big for his britches. Right. And then he's like, well, you're going to replace, you know, and then after the the farewell tour, it's like, oh, we got some uh, gigs we can do in in Japan. Yeah. And, and we'll give you a million dollars. I don't want a million dollars. I want what you make. And Paul's like, no, nobody gets what Gene and I make. Right. Uh, Do you think and, they make the same? They must make the same amount Gene, of money. I bet Gene and Paul uh, make the same. They have you know? to. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they're getting profit participation. Right. You know, whereas everybody else in the band, you know, since the original two left is, is salaried. But the idea in Peter's mind that he couldn't be replaced by Eric Singer, who is a much more talented drummer than, yeah. than he is, you know, uh, than he ever was. Do you feel like Peter Chris had a moment where you're like, yeah, he was fucking killing. I think it. he had a moment where he's good. Like if you listen to, you know, look, whenever they recorded the solos on a live, whether they were at a show or in, in a studio. Yeah, no, he, he's good. But, you know, it, it, you were never blown away. Like, Eric Carr, I always said, was a much better drummer. Absolutely. Than Peter Chris. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, I mean, I hadn't seen the Animalize live uncensored until La- we La- watched it. Last summer, it. we live tweeted it. Yeah, because we, 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 we try to offer up uh, Kiss content about once a year. Yeah. And then last year, we did it three times on Twitter. Because yeah. we were bored in quarantine. Um, I think that foursome is actually, like, the best they ever sounded. Yeah, now, musically with Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick. Yes. That, I mean, and that's when I saw them for the first time, and that's when I would start listening to the band. Yeah, that will always, uh, to me, be the best. Eric Singer's great. Uh, you know, Tommy Thayer. It's hard to really use him as a way of comparison because, like, the albums that he's on aren't aren't the best. Right. As much as we love Sonic Boom, and we can head out to Walmart to buy it, and because that's the only place you can get only it. Only at Walmart. O- only at Walmart. <laughs> dot com. They must be making tons of money off that album at Walmart these days. Yeah, because <laughs> that was like uh, that was like thirteen years ago. Yeah, it was a I'm fucking sure like that junior they mu- in college. Yeah, they must have maxed out on what they could make from it. So, but they still own it. So I don't know. They should put it out on vinyl. I mean, that seems to be what everybody yeah. wants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it. So yeah, I mean, it was just like yeah, they had to get rid of Peter. But it's funny because they go back and forth. You know, they from after the farewell tour there was a stretch where Ace was in... No, no, first it was Peter was in the band. No, no, uh, sorry. Ace was in the band with Eric Singer. And then there was another stretch where Peter was in the band with Tommy Thayer. Mm. That I saw that uh, they went on tour with Aerosmith. And oh, I remember Aerosmith that. Aerosmith insisted that they have they they had to have at least three original members. I like that Aerosmith like, insisted that. Well, yeah, because they just knew what the revenue would be with two replacement members or... You know, and and you know, look, Aerosmith's not letting almost anybody go on after them, but they, but Kiss did close the show. Oh, really? So yeah, so Kiss, and I think that it was an every night Kiss closed the show. Wow. You know? And Steven Tyler was like, you know what? I like an early. He's like, I just try to go home. Yeah. I gotta go. He's to like, bed. I'm old now. Yeah. But uh, so and and so it's interesting because like neither of those guys was ever that loyal to the other one. You know, Peter right. to Ace and Ace. It seemed that way. They made it kind of seem in the earlier footage in the late 70s because they were both the fuck-ups. Yeah. So they could at least be friends in their fuck-upness. Yeah. And then... And like when the reunion tour starts, you feel like, yeah, they're they're in it together because Gene and Paul are already like automatically against them. You know? Right. Yeah. But then 
when after the reunion and everything, Peter and some of that archive interview stuff sounded like Ace betrayed him. Yeah. They were supposed by to continue to be... <laughs> by yeah. making more money than me, Ace betrayed me. Yeah. Well, I mean, weren't they in the same room at the same time? Like, how did they figure out those deals? I guess uh, not. Ace opened his mouth and, you know, probably pointed out that... That's uh, true. You know, it, and look, it, it probably comes down to when they negotiated what their salaries were. Ace probably had better representation than Peter did, and he just got more, and... You know, it's, uh, you know, however it works out, those guys weren't happy, but it's, uh, it, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of good stuff in there, stuff that we'd seen before. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's still nice to revisit the one thing that I think bothered me the most. And I knew this was going to be in there cause I'd heard people talking about it was just this idea that people didn't accept the greatest makeup they ever had, which of course is the Fox makeup. Yes, absolutely. As you can see on the video version, Correct. the uh, Eric Carr Fox makeup. And that that's why people didn't like the band. People didn't like the band because they did a disco record. They did a super pop rep record in Unmasked. And then they had the brilliant idea to do the concept record music mm -hmm. from the elder. So people didn't like them because of what they were putting out. It didn't matter what the band looked like. If right. They, if, you know, if, if they had uh, done the solo albums and then somehow, Maybe even if they went from Dynasty to Creatures of the Night, you know, I think then people would be like, oh, yeah, this is good. They're rocking again or something, right. you know, in that tone. But, uh, I mean, they were never going to put out Creatures of the Night in 1980, you know, because it was uh, it was too heavy a record for what they would have done with Anton Fig on the drums, you know. Right. So Creatures of the Night's a good album, though. It's a great album. It just didn't sell. And yeah. I think that they'd kind of worn out their welcome the last few years. I mean, one of them makes the point, I think Paul does, that it's like you have, you kind of disregard the people who've stayed with you. Mm -hmm. And then the people who weren't with you weren't coming over anyway. Right. You know? Well, and they had like, they felt like the selling out album was like album. Selling out element was like, now there's like people bringing their kids to see our show. It was like not cool to like kiss anymore because right. like parents were going. <laughs> there was a great uh, cutaway of the grandma who was like, it was a great show. Yeah. I liked it a lot. All yeah. senior citizens should have life alert. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there. so there's a couple of things to talk about and in case we haven't been specific, there is the two-part A&E documentary history, uh, which you can get the A&E app and you can watch it. Just be ready for a lot of commercials. The, it is 86 minutes without commercials definitely becomes 100 uh, minutes. Easily, 100 with minutes. With a 30-second interactive yeah. commercials. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, interactive commercials. Uh, and I, I, I remember we started watching it, and the first thing I said to you was, you know, the, there's an on-screen graphic. And it says for fifty years, and I'm like, no, that's not true. They didn't. They weren't. They haven't even been together fifty years. Almost. So it's like the first. Yeah, it's fine. Almost or for nearly or for more than forty five years. But no, it's like fifty years sounds better. So it's like the first thing you see is a lie. That's true. <laughs> is is that? And you know, Christian, and, and, what is the truth though? That's uh, the the truth is subjective. But Gene does say almost fifty years at one yeah. point. So at least you know he's being honest. And, uh, you know, I like that, uh, you know, it's mostly the opinions of the guys in the band. Uh, yeah. and, and by that, I mean, Gene and Paul and some archival stuff of Ace and Peter, at least they have that to pan it out. Yeah, it was good. I was glad I was like kind of expecting them to not have any, them right. say anything. And I'd be like, but that's not fun. Yeah. But what I know is that, you know, this documentary took a while to put together. There were different people involved at one point. And, you know, the one thing about it was 
that they talked to, I forget what her name is now. There's this woman who was uh, Eric Carr's girlfriend, you know, for the last few years of his life. And they interviewed her for it. And she said a lot of things. And after she did her interviews, and you notice that they're not in the show. Right. Uh, uh, Paul re-recorded some of what he said about Eric to match what she had said. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because it was like, oh, I'm going to look bad if I don't. So then, then they end up not using her stuff. And like the... The Eric Carr part of the story is it, it is kind of sad because one he got sick, and you know they didn't even talk about how you know he was you know in the middle of the the unfortunate throes of cancer and he comes back to do the God gave rock and roll to you video. He's wearing a wig in that right? oh, because really? he, his hair was all gone right, from chemo, and so right. that video that he filmed after the yeah. heart surgery, he's also wearing a wig because oh. he didn't have any hair. Yeah, you know, I mean, and and I think that. Let's be honest. Paul and Jean don't want to call attention when people are wearing wigs. I'm just guessing, you know, that maybe they, maybe they don't want to. They don't want to point that out. That's Jean's natural hair. You see how was, stringy and witch-like it yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> he was convinced. Uh, Eric Carr was that uh, he was going to be replaced by Eric Singer, despite even before he was sick. Like, oh really? Uh, supposedly, Paul and Eric Carr didn't talk on the Hot in the Shade tour. Like. Huh. You know, they just they had no interaction. The gene apparently was like cool to everybody. But uh, Paul was I don't know. Because Paul did a solo tour with Eric Singer. And I think from that point on, he's like, oh, I want Eric Singer in my band. You know, and, and which, by the way, I mean, he could have done it any time. But he also knew that oh, people like this guy. And, uh, you know, then and, and I think there's something with. His uh, with Eric Carr's insurance and not covering some of his treatments, there's something bad about that hmm. that uh, doesn't get touched on, mm. you know. So, him, you know, it, it's a sad story the way it ended because of his health, but also Gene and Paul didn't treat him very well. And that's the problem with a documentary like this is that it's Gene and Paul's documentary, you're gonna get a lot of information. Uh, you're going to learn things that you didn't know, but mostly stuff you've heard if you're a fan of the band. Yeah. But there, there's nothing really critical of them. You know, what, what was it that, uh, that, that Gene said? You know, it's like they had their addictions. My addiction was my massive yeah, ego. My ego. My, my huge dong <laughs> and pussy. Well, he was like, I mean, they, you know, they would talk about the problems in the band and he's like, and it was really the fault of the drugs and the alcohol that, yeah. really, that really broke everything. And you're like, Mm, people don't just like do drugs and alcohol for like no reason. There's a lot of other things. Like watching that, I was thinking, I was like, I'd love to see like an Ace and, and Peter, like the all the other members of Kiss documentary Vinnie talking Vincent. about. I would love to hear Vinnie Vincent. Paul you and know? Gene and just yeah. like shitting. I mean, I love Paul the, and Gene. Like I love Kiss. So, you yeah. know, but still, I, you talk shit about Eric Carr. Can't believe Paul did that. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, no. I think that uh, they they weren't kind to him at uh, the end of his life, and that's uh, unfortunate. You know? That's the worst time to be unkind to somebody. Yeah, I know. That's the time to just let literally the go. worst time. Yeah, he's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. But I think that uh, you know their perspective is obviously important because they were there before anybody else, and then they stuck around. And uh, you know, there's just some like interesting choices and some of it is probably for time like there's whole yeah there's albums they don't focus on you never see the the love gun album cover you yeah, hear you, you hear the song love yeah. gun live uh they don't talk about rock and roll over you know That's i mean true. they don't talk about some of their huge successes obviously you don't have to go through every album but you see the asylum album cover which is That's not true. a great album cover well it was like not supposed to be an album right 
No, that's Carnival of Souls. Carnival of Souls is the... They were going to do the album, and that was going to basically be Kiss's grunge album. Right. That was what they thought their next move was. And they, they had finished it, and then the, the reunion came up, and they're like, oh, no, no, that's what we're doing. So the album comes out. The only reason that the Carnival of Souls album came out was because it was so heavily bootlegged, and it was out there, uh, and people could hear the songs, that they were like, all right, I guess we'll put it out. Make some money. But that's why it's like the final sessions of right. you know, the, this the band, thing. that era of the band. It yeah. is funny and very true that like they really, I mean, they created something brand new with, with what Kiss was in the beginning, but then they really chased trends. Yeah, for like 15 years. Yeah, the, and they had some great fucking stuff along the way that fit into all that. Like those, some of those songs, like Vinnie Vincent was a good songwriter. There's some solid things in yeah. the 80s. And Vinnie Vincent wrote songs on Creatures of the Night, Lick It Up, and Revenge. You know, yeah. that's the craziest thing of all. For as much as they hated him, they went back to him for revenge. For revenge. You know, that's funny. Yeah, but because uh, they knew they knew he was a good songwriter. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's funny when they they talk about. Because I, I had heard this that you know Vinny would play these solos that were too long, and right. people didn't come here to see you; they came here to see rock and roll all night. Right. You know, and uh, that I think is Vinny Vincent, uh, just like Peter Chris, not realizing how much bigger than you the band is. Yeah, I mean, Vinny Vincent really should have realized it. You know, he came in late. Uh, it's very true. I feel like because I'm sitting closer to the camera, we have like a forced perspective thing where like. <laughs> Look, yeah, I like. I'm gonna. Yeah, I know. We're not. We're not. Yeah, we're at a weird angle. I know, but uh, I like that we have on headphones and microphones. It's because this is small. this is like our folk music tour. You know, where mm. it's like, all right, well now we're gonna do another one Shandy. about the whales. <laughs> oh, I did like seeing that Shandy that video, which is great. That shan- the filming of the Shandy video is Peter Chris's last, last day last in the appearance. band, at least the first time around. Uh, you know, so that was something that I, I think I didn't know, uh, but. It's interesting because one of the things you talked about is sort of a band being put together. Anytime a band is put together, there's uh, one impetus for it, and that would be the almighty pussy. The P word. Yes, the P word. And, you know, we were talking about it as as we were watching, and it's like, yeah, because, like, you're a kid, and you're like, well, I can't play football, and yeah. I'm probably not the – and not that the smartest kid in, in school gets pussy either, at least not when you're in high school. Uh, so the idea—it's true. You never know. But the uh, you know that's what uh, Twenty One Jump Street was all about. The movie. <laughs> yeah. But I'll do your math homework for you. <laughs> but the whole point, you know, just like oh, that's why we're going to put a band together. And uh, I think that the idea—you seemed surprised that they got pretty far along with Wicked Lester. I did not even realize. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that they were offered Wicked a, Lester. I want to know how they came up with that yeah, fucking it's not, name. It's not a great name. My but, uncle Lester is a wicked man. <laughs> that's it right there. Boom. Uh, that they got a uh, a forty four thousand dollar record contract, and the Which, other, yeah, no, that's that's why I'm bringing it up. Because, yeah, even by today's summer, somebody like, hey, we're gonna pay forty four thousand dollars to do this thing. I'd be yeah. like, that's not a, that's not nothing. Yeah, you and forty four thousand dollars to do the black cast every day the rest of my life. I'm like, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> you know, I'll find, I'll make time for forty four yeah. grand. You know, but you know, and just like. But, you know, I wisely was just thinking, I'm like, yeah, but if they had put out that album, that would probably be the last $44,000 they ever made in the music industry. That's true. But I think, uh, I, I don't know, I sort of like the dynamic, and Paul writes about this in his book, which uh, Will and I both have signed copies of. Thank you very much. But uh, <laughs> In which he wrote, where there's a way, there's a will. Oh, yeah. Which is the reverse 
but it sounds cooler because it's like any which way you choose yeah i'm there i forget what he wrote in mine but i also had him sign one for uh my friend dan who growing up together was like the other kiss fan that i knew basically uh one of the other ones let's, let's be honest but uh his birthday was about to come up he was turning 40 so paul wrote i have boots that are 40 years old which i thought was actually pretty cool <laughs> uh but you know one of the things that they're talking about it was just this idea that you know they wouldn't have made it but the idea that paul realized early on it's like i'm better with gene and like what he stopped himself from saying is like gene was clearly better with me because listen to some of these shitty songs he was writing right you know uh dominica saxon popping into the live chat uh just got here is that martin luther king uh jr or freddie mercury on the wall behind christian which one do you think is more important in my house so uh, that's the question. Uh, Felix did make that. Uh, for those watching the video version, there's some of my son's artwork. And uh, for Martin Luther King Day, he did indeed. Colored it. He co- well, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, they, they did I some work. I have a dream. That's yeah. cute. Yeah, it's uh, some nice work. And there's a peace sign there. There's George know. Washington. Yeah, this is uh, wow. it's when we ran out of room. It's February. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we have other stuff. But uh, we, we filled in the uh, the wall there. Um, so I, uh, I, I think that, uh, just the, you know, the story of them putting the band together is one that, you know, you, you've heard before, uh, but usually you get a little bit more input from Ace and Peter in, in the, the process, but it's, uh, it's funny to like hear the, and it's, it's stuff that you know about loosely, but they're, uh, let's see their manager bill coin and then neil bogart at casablanca records just like burning through money <laughs> because money and cocaine money eventually and, cocaine, for Bilcoin, yeah. and uh and i think neil had to borrow money and then gene's like some people with vowels yeah. in their names let's just say that and i'm like gene you could have gotten canceled with that vowels thing. in their names that that the end of their you names. say about italian people I, I don't know look i don't have an opinion on that that's the opinion of the the boopy Hey, look, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, just the idea that, you know, they weren't they weren't making money and they were, you know, taking out mortgages and things to to finance these tours. That's all fairly well documented. But then, you know, the Kiss Alive album, which it's like, honestly, when I want to listen to Kiss, I don't usually listen to Kiss Alive. No, because I want to like hear the albums. But the versions of the songs are those aren't the best versions of the songs. You know, that's. You know, that's why like the the double platinum, which is sort of the greatest hits album, like there's a there, it's like called Strutter 78 because it's a remixed, like better production on, mm. on that song, you know, but it's uh, it was cool to kind of just you know, sit there and go along for the, the notes that you know about the story. And occasionally there would be things that you didn't remember. But uh, Bob Ezrin, the producer, talking about how. Ace Frehley was really like the rock star. He was like the most rock of them, but he was he was a fucking drug <laughs> addict. I was the drug addict. Yeah. You can't be a rock star, true rock star. Like Gene and Paul, technically by that, those standards, not real rock stars. Yeah. Fucking and, posers. And there's a, a great quote from Paul that uh, I wrote down because uh, it, it was so true. Uh, fame doesn't change you. It allows you to be the asshole you are. That's true. And he's clear. I mean, look, I think he's talking about, in Paul's mind, he's talking about the three members that are in him because, you know, when they're all talking about, you know, when they're going through, like, here's the problems with us in the band. Right. Paul's was just like, oh, I just wanted to get back up on the stage. Yeah. I didn't like being off stage. And I had he a talked, weird ear. He had a, he had an, a, you know, an ear that uh, well, he was born without it. Which I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know that until his book because he's, and he talks about it. He always had long hair to cover it up. Yeah. You know, so um, what was, uh, what were some things that, 
other than Ace and Peter not being in it, did you feel disappointed? You're like, oh, I would have liked more uh, about this sort of a thing. It's or... tough because I wanted to learn more about this, like the stuff that I know, the eras I know less about. Yeah. And so, you know, we really got, let's see, well, let's say a four hour doc, right? It's a, we'll call it four hours, even though it's like an hour and a half technically. Yeah. But it's three hours of actual like watching. Right, yeah. but it but it it aired as uh, four hours of programming. Yeah. But out of that, you know, it's like seventy percent or more is up until like nineteen eighty. Yeah. You know, it's like all that time, which is the most famous time. Like everybody likes the origin story and all that stuff. Yeah. But I did want more stuff about some of the other members, like Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick, and some of the processes of like those albums and stuff. I guess I just want more of like a. That's not what that documentary is going to be. Yeah. Because casual viewers are going to be like, who the fuck are these people? I don't actually care. Um, but I did. I wanted to hear more about some of the some of the later eras and the, and, and the stuff and the, the struggle in between. Like, I didn't know that stuff about Paul and, and Eric Carr. I thought that they were actually all co- they were all kosher. Yeah, I think they were, you know, at one point. And, and that was you know, when it goes back to sort of talking about bringing him in. You, just the idea that people didn't respond well to him. I, I, people loved that guy in the band. Right. You know? And that was why he knew he couldn't just replace him with Eric Singer. Right. It was because of the fact that, and it's funny because neither Eric Carr nor Eric Singer are particularly tall. So right. It's like, he's like, I need, it's like, well, clearly I need a drummer who's shorter than Small. me. Small. That's yeah. really. That's I really, love in the Animalized Live Uncensored, he's like, some lady was hitting on Eric out in the lobby. She said he looked like a little boy. Like, what the Yeah, fuck? no, and he's like, some of, you, some of you out there want to mother him. Yeah. But I assure you, he's all man. I, yeah, I love the stage raps. That, by the way, I could have used more of uh, Paul Stanley's stage raps. Just in, doing that is yeah. in his interview footage. Yeah, well, I think he should always talk that way. It's always disappointing when he doesn't. You know, it, it's almost like when you call him, and you'd be like, "Hello, I know you want some answers to your questions, <laughs> so why don't you ask?" Uh oh, uh-huh. something went wrong. Yeah, but the yeah, so the idea that. Uh, Oh yeah, so getting the Paul Stanley stage raps, I was like, I could have always wanted more of them, but the the ones in, the ones in uh, Animalized Live Uncensored are probably my favorite ones because it's probably the ones I've heard the most because it came out on VHS and I I believe I, I well I owned it in the way where I uh, made an illegal copy of it. Thank you FBI, you know. But it was released on VHS. It was released on VHS, yeah, and uh, it's not on DVD or Blu-ray or anything. No, it just hasn't come out. And and I think they always figure that they'll open up the archives at some point. But once they're done and they like are fully retired, yeah. the tour's over. They're like, we gotta make some more money. Yeah, people want that stuff. There's more Kiss content out there. And somewhere out there is the actual. So that show that they did for Animalized Live Uncensored, uh, it went out live on the radio. And that version sounds different because they did fixes and mm. they, you know, it just, uh, they went back and, and tweaked it like they, you do with any live recording. So sure. apparently that's a little bit more of a genuine, but the, the key to that and the reason why I, I keep circling back to it is because of just how fast they play all those songs and how, yeah. how hard Eric Carr is drumming in, in that show. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, you know, just the, yeah, like Love Gun and Detroit Rock City. They're so fast. There's a, the energy of that show is really really like off the chart that's what i mean i was like watching that for for the first time i was like fuck all four of these dudes is like the most finely tuned machine that this these yeah this has ever been it was crazy yeah and that and that i think is uh bruce kulik's first full show 
because uh, oh, really? Mark St. John, who he replaced, you know, he played like half a show. He played one full show, uh, Mark St. John, and then he played half the next day. And then Bruce came out for the second half and was just like, because Mark St. John, his, his hands couldn't uh, really play. And, you know, I mean, it's like I get not focusing on that stuff because you want this to have like wider appeal. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, Bruce Kulik is the only person that they talk to for this that is no longer in the band. That's true. You know, uh, they, they clearly weren't going to talk to Vinnie Vincent. It was a conscious decision. He's Bummer. hard to get a hold of anyway, in all honesty. And, uh, he tried. you know, Eric Carr not being with us anymore, you're not going to be able to talk to him. And uh, Mark St. John's not with us. So I guess there's only so many people you could talk to. Yeah. But it's, uh, I don't know. It's fun. It's fun to hear them talk about the, the ride, but uh, it's so much fun more fun to really focus on the the missteps mm-hmm. you know like you were talking about how the idea of the, the putting out four solo albums at the same time it's not necessarily a bad idea but all four records would need to be good yeah i mean to- as a concept i was like that seems like a cool idea and i like yeah. the artwork and that's very unique at the time you know like oh this band that's four people they're each going to put out their own record yeah it does kind of feel like a cash grab but yeah if they were all good It'd be a different story. I still like that song, Tonight You Belong to Me, on Paul Stanley's record. What a great, silly, yeah, the, silly... Uh, sounds like a strip club song. Yeah, the uh, the Paul Stanley album is, is a good one. The Ace one is probably the best one, the best mix of songs. Uh, and then, like, I don't know, about half of Jeans is good. And Peter's just a different guy, and it's not my kind of album. And it's... <laughs> You know, but yeah, the idea that I, I don't know what albums cost at that point, but let's say they let's say they were five dollars in nineteen seventy eight. So you were like, okay, well, how about you spend twenty dollars on on new Kiss material, right? And then it's like, well, probably a lot of kids are like, well, I don't have twenty dollars, so I have to pick one. I'm going to pick my favorite, and most people's favorite was not the Catman. Sorry, but then you go listen. You're all your friends each buy one. Yeah, you know, and then you get together and you uh, play them together. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so it's it's it, you know. It's interesting that you were talking about them tracing chasing trends, which it seems like they're saying that they did in the non makeup era, but clearly like putting out a disco song. Yeah, it's and it's the biggest song that they, well, no, Beth is the most successful single they've had ever, uh, ever. Yeah, but wow. I was made for loving you was uh, you know the the other one, uh, and then you know the the non makeup band did have some hits like Forever. I think is a top. 15 or top 20 hit really? single. Yeah, because it's a ballad. I was going to say, people love ballads. Co-written by Michael Bolton. You I know? can see that. Yeah. So that, you know, so they, that, I mean, that's a huge song, you know, forever. Uh, but they, so I don't know. I think that, uh, that the band sort of exists to chase trends at a certain point. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's like when you're taking on water, uh, you know, where you have these two guys who aren't happy and also you're not happy being around. Uh, but it, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's very familiar, uh, I think, along the way. But what you didn't realize was the the convention tours that they did before they yeah, did, the did not know about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't go to those because uh, look, that was at a point where I, I was I had definitely checked out after Revenge. I saw them on that tour and. Fortunately, they you know they didn't put out an album in that time where I had to decide whether or not I wanted a new Kiss album. But I was like, well, I'm not going to go to a Kiss convention. Like I was in college at that point, you know. And you weren't a fucking nerd. No, I you mean, were I, cool. was, I, I had to I had to save my money for to go and see cool bands like Weezer. You, you were know? actively trying to get your own p word, Christian, <laughs> yes. in college. 
Yes. I was, you know, you just had to become part of a rock band. Yeah, I know. If only I'd known. But, uh, you know, like, uh, and this was not at a point where it was like cool to wear like a Kiss shirt, you know. And, you know, they needed to go out and do that for the sake of, you know, they talk about how music had changed enough, for, especially for bands that are a product of the 80s and the 70s. And you had to kind of find your way as good of an album as revenge was the tour wasn't successful as successful as i think they hoped i think it, it did all right i mean it, they played arenas i saw them mm-hmm. in, in an arena in in new jersey you know i mean they definitely you know they sold tickets but i don't think it was what they expected it to be and i think that there was like an no it was hot in the shade i think had maybe both of those tours had a second legs planned where they just they didn't sell enough the first time around where they're just like, let's just cut our losses. So it was kind of inevitable that they would do the reunion. And, uh, I, even though I was like largely checked out, I was very excited to hear that on the kiss unplugged, they were going to perform with Ace and Peter, you know? So I was like, all right, well, I wanted to see that. And, uh, I think that those arrangements of those songs, uh, I really like. That's one of the better performances, uh, live performances of Kiss, I think. Okay. You know, and I I was, uh, because I've listened to it a lot over the years. <laughs> they, they had it on CD at Westwood One. So uh, let's just say they don't have it at Westwood One anymore. Well, we had a lot of stuff on CD archived yeah. because we had all those fucking, yeah. They had a CD. Yeah, they had a. Like, I a, had to organize that whole room. Oh, this is before you went for Dennis When Mom I was show. a PA. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and I went in and I I, I grabbed the. Uh, I thought I knew it was missing. Well, yeah, but I don't think you would have noticed at the point that I took it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I took the uh, the Kiss Unplugged album, and they I don't know they had Hot in the Shade, they had a few others, uh, and I was like, great, these are going in my car now, and I'll I'll bring them back one day, and uh, let's just say that they might not have found their way. Building's still there. You could have gone back. Yeah, but. Obviously, the idea of putting the the band back together, it made sense because in, well, I guess it was like 1995 when they decided to do it, is like Kiss wasn't going to put out Carnival of Souls and be able to play arenas, much less stadiums. People wanted, people had wanted the best and they had not been getting the best and they didn't want, you know, a bunch of songs where they tried to sound like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, you know? I don't know Carnival of Souls really all that well. It's interesting. It, it's, I, I don't love it. And it's, you know, you feel bad because uh, for Bruce Kulick in particular, it's uh, it's very upsetting to him that it got kind of thrown away because he worked really hard. And I think it's the only album that has a a lead vocal from Bruce Bruce Kulick on it. So and I actually forget what song it is. But so, yeah, but I I don't think it was going to work. So the but I was talking to you about the you know, when they did the reunion. Like, I don't know what tickets cost, but it just, they were, they seemed way too expensive for me at that point when I was still in college. Like, you know, at that point it was probably like, I, I would have had to spend $50 on a ticket at a point when tickets, you know, were maybe 20 and I was just like, oh, I, I can't. But then when they, you know, they wear out their welcome and they're going to do the farewell tour, I made sure that I saw them. And as I told you, that was the worst performance I ever saw of them. <laughs> They they did the same like sixteen seventeen songs okay all the time because uh, they had to worry about those guys like learning you know anything different right and what they didn't talk they were they were very kind to Peter in this documentary in one sense because 
a lot of his equipment was rigged for, you know, you can do these things where you trigger a louder sound when you hit with a drumstick. Okay. It's kind of like, you know, the way that the drummer uh, from Def Leppard works with one arm. It's a mm. lot of like, you know, you hit, it's a lot of technology. So Peter's dr drums were rigged to make a bigger sound than he was capable of making. And he he's older than them. He's Got like it. five or six years older than the right, other guys. Right, right, right. So, you know, being out there at the end of the 90s, when the band got put together in the early seventies, he probably just didn't have as much in the tank anymore. Yeah. But if he wasn't a dick, it probably wouldn't have bothered them so much. Right. So they didn't even talk about how he didn't play well anymore. You know, that's true. And that's why the idea of bringing in Eric Singer was just like, I do love that footage of him at, his last concert, just shoving over all his yeah. drums, like ah, fuck it, Citizen Kaning it, just like ah, yeah, I know. And he's just he's just knocking everything over. It's like because he knows, and uh, but I do think he actually played with them again. I, I I don't quite know what the timeline is, but uh, you know, there's like Tommy Thayer playing his first show, the Symphony concert that they do in Australia for the the live album. But uh, Peter sings Beth on that album. Hmm. So Peter's like with them. So it's, they would switch them out back and forth. You know, Eric was in and out of the band and uh, when he wasn't in kiss, he would go back to playing with Alice Cooper. So, you know, he was, he, you know, people, people like, like that cat man, you know, and uh, he's of course uh, been in uh, the studio for many black casts uh, in the corner, having a saucer of milk. And hey, uh, yeah, right no, we can't see him right now because the camera doesn't, swing just far enough but of course he's here and i know he hasn't he hasn't been with us in studio but you know we haven't been in studio together nearly as much as we used to so like never almost it feels like now well yeah i know and especially you're you're gonna make a big move and uh then we're really never gonna be in the same place you're not gonna be but you're like i don't know i was i don't want to lie and say you're 10 minutes away from me but you're about 15 minutes away from me now like if you hit every red light without you know. traffic to get here this morning yeah, it was like 10 minutes yeah all right so yeah but uh, Eric Singer will always be a part of the black cast, uh, whether he uh, wants to, you know, or or not. Uh, there's there's a lot of same stories that get told again, though, to bring it back to Peter Chris. The the uh, I convinced Peter to change it from Beck to Beth. It's like mm. Gene. Oh, Gene tells that story in his sleep. <laughs> and he even has to make fun of the fact that he's used that line so many times. Well, we have the kiss condoms and the kiss coffin, so we'll get you coming and going. That's right. Yeah. You know? So he even just like say it with me, because you know? <laughs> he's like, I know I've said this before, but it's a great line, and you'll say it with me. I don't know well, if I could read his books because it feels like they're like make art of the deal. Yeah, reading Paul's book was fun and it was interesting. I feel like he was honest. Gene, I think he talks more in like sound bites and jokes. I mean. You know, with the the Dennis Miller option, we did a an interview with Gene in a studio. That's uh, right. I forgot he yeah, came to the yeah. studio. So I got him to sign something. I, I have a program from one of the acoustic shows, the one that you and I went to. Sam Manuel. Yeah. So oh. I, yeah, where that hat came from. That's right. Uh, and uh, but so to be in a studio with Gene while he's telling stories and making jokes and stuff, and I actually made him laugh because I, I I just jumped in with something about uh, Captain Crunch having stolen val valor. You know, I don't think he ever really served. You know, and just like, oh, I made him and Dennis laugh at the same time. I'm like, all right, so if you told me when I was 14 that that would ever happen, you know, that I would make Dennis Miller and, and Gene, Gene Simmons, Simmons laugh at I'm the like, same time. Yeah. So, and I was like, oh, great, my career can end tomorrow. And it kind of did, unfortunately, but here I am <laughs> still talking about it anyway. So it's fine. That's all right. We had a good run. But in any case, you know, uh, so he, anyway, he's entertaining Gene. But yeah, I can't imagine reading one of his books. I have multiple gene simmons books 
that I've just, I've never read. Uh, but, uh, Paul's second book I actually didn't read because it wasn't like a continuation. It was more of like self-help, yeah, sort I of like empowerment. I and saw that he had another book and I was like, I don't know what this is. I got a galley of it uh, because he came on the... A galley? Yeah, it's a promo is what they call oh. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were in I got business. a galley of it. That's what they call it's it. The, the kitchen on a ship. Yeah. It's exactly, that's exactly. They gave me, They sent me the SS, the SS kiss. Uh, one, it's funny because like one of the things I wanted to say before is like stuff that's missing. It's probably from like clip licensing because, you know, you see them all at Gene's house and they're putting the makeup on and the, the outfits on for the first time in forever and they're all going somewhere together. What they don't show is how they came out on the Gram- the Grammys and like Tupac introduces them and they that's the first time anybody saw them in makeup together again in mm. all that time. And I, I'm sure like Grammy licensing crypt clips is pretty expensive, but it's also like, boy, that would be a great moment if you could actually see that. Now you can go on YouTube and yeah. see that yeah. if you want to. And it's like this funny thing that, you know, Tupac is there uh, introducing them. But, you know, and it's just like there's there's a few moments that they kind of miss. And I I told you that I heard from an interview with the director just some of the stuff that they had to cut out and that they had eight minutes on music from the elder. And I'm like, I just wanted more. I wanted to hear more about that. I want to see somebody actually follow through and like make a movie. Somebody, you know, and I was I was saying this when we were watching it. You know, they have interviews from Tom Morello and Dave Grohl. Those guys alone could just finance, you know, the the mo- the ultimate like fan pick. Gene and Paul could. Gene and Paul could, but I don't think that they would want to. You know, yeah, but they should just do. Gene and Paul should do one benefit show where they play the the songs from the Elder, uh, at the and I know that the album's called Music from the Elder. Where I'm saying they're playing the songs from it. And that's that'll go to finance the movie. They they have played. Uh, I think they played I on the Kiss Cruise. That's right. They played it after Rock and Roll All Night because that's the crowd that would lose their mind to hear I from the Elder. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and they've Here's done closer. And now the yeah, super and, secret. and they do like an acoustic set, like a sail away show, and they've done like medleys from the Elder. You know, I uh, would think that uh, a World Without Heroes would be a song that you would play live. Yeah, but I, I mean, they don't. But that was, a, I think that was a, a that was moderately successful. But then I, I think it was a bigger hit because I believe Cher also did a version of it. Okay, and uh, I think she had more success with it. You know, uh, but it's it's an interesting story because of look, Ace Frehley had a solo career, uh, but it did not go particularly well and i'm fairly sure by the time the band got back together he didn't have an album contract now mm. kevin scott i know you'll correct me if i'm wrong about that but i don't think he did i think he where's kevin in, scott these days still in uh, texas i don't see him on twitter uh you know it's a great point i haven't seen uh, uh the old uh, k aggie 97 yeah. i haven't seen him in a while but uh, maybe he's just busy but you know he's gonna find out i'm gonna me- message him like well we did a kiss show so uh, we'll probably hear from him uh after that after I, I get in touch with him, but the idea that he could make all this money by being back in Kiss and Peter never had solo success. Like, right. you know, Ace would tour and promote, you know, like the Freely's Comet Freely's album Comet. and stuff. 
but and and you know ace has an album with the where he also did a version of hide your heart and somebody else put out hide your heart at the same time as kiss and ace and no one had a hit with it <laughs> all three of them put it out yeah there's yeah and i forget who the other one was it was a female singer it was like it's not bonnie tyler you know sounds who did like Total it, Eclipse it of definitely heart, sounds but, like it's written for that kind of yeah performance right right exactly but uh so the idea that they're like, yeah, we'll do whatever it takes to be back in the band. But then it didn't take long for them to be like, oh, no, no, no. We're just going to kind of be assholes again. Well, then Paul was on that album that came out like eight years oh, ago. The, yeah, he did the uh, Origins Volume yeah. 1. And yeah. Origins Volume 2, I believe, has come out since. Yeah, Ace still puts out albums. He still does shows. The last time I saw Ace, he played his entire solo album uh, front to back. You know, He did all the songs in sequence. And he was like... Really? Yeah, because it was it's it's just it's a hook for people to buy tickets to, right. you know, uh, and it's like he still played other songs too, but he was just like in between songs, just uh, kind of apologizing because he's like, you know, I, I I've never really played these songs live. There's a few of them that's like, you know, he never did. I mean, it's like sure. Why like, would you? New York group. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's that's his best selling album for sure. It's that's his true. His solo album, right? You know, that's ultimately oh look at this my friend uh my friend dan is in here and he pointed out it was bonnie tyler so i was right she did also put out hide your heart dan was with me when i saw kiss for the first time in 1990 it was his first concert my second concert and uh i mentioned that story recently to uh when i was interviewing mark slaughter from the band slaughter because slaughter opened that concert Mm. so uh yeah dan and i went and saw kiss in 1990 and it's a great show it's uh it's june 17th 1990 you can watch the whole show on youtube uh, it's uh, because I, I, I spent $20 for a VHS of it that summer, but then uh, now you can just, you know, kind of find everything out there. But, uh, it was, a, it was a great show and you know, they didn't, uh, I'm trying to think, I don't know. I don't think Gene breathed fire on that tour. You know, mm-hmm. I think he tried to get away from it, but then they did the reunion. But so I finally see the, the, the original band on the farewell tour and they've been so much better when I've seen them since then, you know? Okay. So it was like a letdown for me. I, I think if I had been able to see them when they were first back on the reunion tour in 1996, I probably would have been pretty excited, you know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, because of what I grew up listening to, I like all the 80s stuff. That's kind of like my favorite stuff. That's, yeah. you know, so, um, but hopefully that, uh, you know, they're supposed to go back out on tour in, in August and, I suspect when the audio version of this episode is posted, we might have a voicemail from Gene Simmons where he lets people know where some of the dates are that they're going to be playing. But uh, I, you know, when you and I saw them, we saw them right before the world shut down. Right before it was like a week before. uh, Yeah, it was like early March. Yeah. Yeah, it was early March 2020. And it was it was like the timing was everything started to close down like a week later. Right. And that's when I was like, oh, I think I'm worried that I was in a room with 20,000 people, you know, because like I so like by the end of the month, I was like, all right, I guess clearly I didn't I didn't catch this plague that we know almost nothing about. Right. And I was able to enjoy the fact that like I at least went to that last really big concert, uh, you know, I enjoyed the the one at the. Spec the for the sports the forum the, the, forum. the Thank forum yeah uh, a little more I think well, we you, just you had know, much better tickets I was say you know why we enjoyed it more we had better seats we were so much closer I I I cheaped out if I had known what was in store for well, the we, next year I would have spent 
three times as much well, on those tickets. Well, we both did because it was like, ah, let's just go. Yeah, you know we'll what I mean? Go. It was like, why yeah. wouldn't we go? We'll get the cheat because they didn't sell out, so you knew that we could get yeah. like. But I do think because we were kind of further away, I think we remained seated most of the time. That I remember, like halfway through, I was like, I'm kind of sleepy. I just got tired. Yeah. Well, and and, and yeah, I think first it was of like all, a we Wednesday. Were, yeah, we were uh, up in the uh, uh, you know the uh, air is much thinner up there, and Staples Center is not a great venue, uh, acoustic not acoustically but uh, sonically. Like, yeah, it didn't sound as well. There was not a sonic boom. No, there was not a sonic. Not at all. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they did. I think they actually did do not modern day Delilah. There's there was another one. They did a song from Sonic. They Boom. They always do. They do one Sonic Boom or Monster. They always. They always. Do. They're like these are just they, you know this is a new classic. It's just a song you don't know yet. And I was yeah. like no, it's it's you know like you could take this time to play Shandy, Paul. Yeah, hell. Play an old classic that isn't a classic yet. Yeah, Hell or Hallelujah is a, is it's an okay song, but it doesn't need to be crammed into a set list when no. that album is now like nine years old. You know, it's like when Monster? it was. Yeah, when you're yeah. when you're trying to sell Monster, great, play a new song. Right. But it's like, why are you still playing? A Don't new song do it. There? Go back to the shit that you know hardcore fans would love to hear that you could yeah. really do. Give them a treat. Yeah. Fucking uh, interesting comment Delilah. from uh, Dominica Saxon. In spite of having kissed PJs when I was six, I never got into their music. More of a Jethro Tull guy. Well, uh, we'll talk too fucking bad. We'll talk thick as a brick uh, in an upcoming episode. Uh, which is uh, their song that's like 50 minutes. Uh, but he does love music documentaries or hearing history like this. Yeah, the the documentary is interesting. I think from just a, a historical standpoint, sociolog- sociologically, sociologically. sociologically, it's interesting to just hear about you know, the impact they had. And yeah, just from a, from a marketing and success standpoint, it's always interesting to hear about kiss. Even when, even if you like actively hate their music and you're like, Oh, Gene Simmons is a dick, which look, there's a lot of people that feel that way. I do think that it's still very interesting to hear their story. I feel like I'm at that age and it's, it's It'll get more from here, but like, you know where you'd put up a fight with anybody who talks shit about things that you liked? Yeah. Because you just couldn't stomach somebody being like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Now, I'm just like, when people <laughs> are like, Kiss sucks. Like, their music's like not good. Like, I know they're like iconic, but like all their songs are like, like they're not like Zeppelin. They're not, and I'm like, I need you to understand that I, any Kiss fan is fucking aware of that. Yeah. I think anyone who loves Kiss n- knows. I don't think anyone is out there being like, I'm just saying Kiss is like on par, on yeah. par with Zeppelin. It's like, no, even though we saw that Unplugged concert and they spent half their time playing oh, Zeppelin God, songs. I, I know. That was, that's the most disappointing part of going to that Unplugged show where they played multiple Zeppelin songs. And yeah. this is like, there are like, like eight more Kiss songs that you could have picked from. Right. Pick two of them. And that, that guy was screaming Shandy. Yeah. I know. That's what started the whole thing was, was Shandy. It was the guy yelling. It was so random. It was like, why that song? Then we just took that and ran with it. Yeah. And then we listened and we're like, oh, it's, it's such a great song though. You know? But that's what I mean. It's like people who talk shit on stuff like that. I'm like, just stop. What are you doing? Well, that's what Kiss is iconic. You know, they're responsible for all this cool shit. We have awesome concerts because of Kiss. Like, Yeah. yeah. They're yeah, not yeah. The and, world. and it's like, you know, the amount of bands that now have merchandise, you know, that probably right. made fun of it, like the amount of Led Zeppelin merchandise you can buy now. And you know, like people know that uh, I don't like the band Rush. Because That's true. I, I forgot hate, you don't like I Rush. hate Getty Lee's voice. It's really what it comes down to. Okay. I don't try to stop anybody from loving Rush. I'm just saying I don't like it. And uh, people have tried to win me over our pal uh, Tim in San Diego. 
Uh, it's just oh, Tim in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, he even he was nice enough. He made me a CD once. Oh, uh, mixtape. Yeah, well, kind of, That's but it was love. a mixed CD. Yeah, and and I was just like, it's just it's not for me. We still call mixtapes. Well, there, even though when it's a mixed CD, even a playlist on a, Spotify, it's, it's still a mixtape because yeah. it's the emotional sentiment. Yeah, you know. And I, look, what it comes down to for Kiss was that it's just it's fun. Even like when you didn't have the makeup and the spectacle and all that, it's like ah, oh, it was just fun. It's like you know, fun music to like listen to when you're, you know, they're a great band to see in the summer outdoors, mm-hmm. which uh, they have a lot of those coming out, coming up. You know, there's a decent chance that maybe Will and I might have to take oh. a drive down to. Chula Vista. And, so you don't uh, think they're going to come back to Los Angeles? Well, they're playing in uh, Irvine uh, on this next run of dates through the fall. But these aren't their final, final shows. Okay. So their final, final shows, I think they will come back to L.A. proper. And I think that the way that the end of the road tour is working, they're not playing the same venue more than once. So the expectation is maybe they'll do a couple nights at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, so that would be great because yeah. I would love to see them there. Uh, and I, uh, I, as long as I've lived here, they've never played at the Hollywood Bowl. They played Staples a few times. Uh, they played, uh, I think, no, they, I don't think they even have played Dodger Stadium for a full show in a while. Uh, so I'm excited to see them more. And that's what it really came down to from watching this was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to see them again because that show that we went to right before, uh, you know, all the lockdowns and the, the throes of COVID. It really was like, oh, I kind of want to do over on this. Like, yeah. I should have spent more money on these tickets. Well, that's the thing is like, I don't know when we can guarantee we'll be like the last, last time that we will ever see them. Yeah. But whenever that is, I'm prepared to spend like a, a pretty fucking lot of money. Yeah. I think uh, I, I'm not crazy. I don't need to spend money on the meet and greet <laughs> just because I've already met to the, the two true. of them that matter it's true but uh yeah but to get like whatever the the, the meet and greet like thousand or fifteen hundred dollar tickets is the first like three or four rows i'm like how much is row 10 yeah or row 15 because we were in like row 30 or something and that was great especially because you know i'm gonna come out there yeah when he comes out yeah that was we great were right by where he came out but uh i was just like yeah i would like to i'd like to be sort of on the floor if they do anything where it's general admission on the floor, that's what I really want. Mm. I don't do that for anybody. I don't stand for concerts anymore unless I have to. I would do it for Kiss. Well, know? when we were even 30 rows back, everybody's standing. So if you're, not, if you're yeah, sitting, true. you can't see yeah. anything. But and it's like, modern day Delilah. All right, I'm going to sit down. Oh, yeah, sit yeah, down. Yeah, sit let's down, let's yeah. breathe or get another beer. It's a good time, yeah. yeah. You get, a, get a $90 Kiss get ale. Another, yeah. Yeah. Kiss cocktail. So uh, I, I, I recommend people watch it if they love the band, if they hate the band. And if you hate the band, uh, send me a message and let me know what you thought of it because I think it's still interesting. Uh, and look, Gene and Paul don't come off great through the whole thing. You know, they're, they're, they're fairly honest, but they're not in the business of anything that makes them look bad. It's true. You know, so uh, that that's not part of their bottom line. But uh, I, I don't know. I was glad that they did it. And it was fun. I had an excuse to have you come over for an afternoon. You know, Yeah, we spent four hours together I watching know. Kiss, which uh, the next time we spend four hours together watching Kiss will have to be when we go to a Kiss concert. And true. If, to, to get the full four hours, we'll uh, we'll tailgate in the parking lot beforehand. And we will definitely probably on my phone. We'll watch uh, Animalize live on censored. And if you great. think if we're blaring that through the car speakers, just think about how many people are going to want to hang out with us. Yeah, absolutely. Like everyone. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, man, is that animal? Oh, great. Yeah. So, and as long as they bring beers, they're, uh, they can listen with us. Yeah. 
anyway, I don't know that there's uh, there's too much more to it, and that's kind of the thing. I, what I hope, especially because I want eight minutes on The Elder, what I hope is that this <laughs> is a released version. This, this comes out. Kiss will want us to purchase this. That's there's true. probably a window where A and E has exclusive like broadcast rights, and then Kiss will sell it to us as as a stream, as a DVD. As a reel-to-reel tape, it's coming back. Trust me, I've trademarked all reel-to-reel tapes, and uh, I, just, I I will rewatch it if if there's like another. I was gonna say another hour of footage, but especially if there's like two more hours of footage, I will you know? come to your house personally. Yeah, if you spend a lot of money on this, I will come to your house and I will tell you all the things that Peter Chris tried to would, do to me sexually. Would you like me to tell your stories? I will give you my own personal Gene Simmons vault. I will open up the vault in my mind and tell you everything that you'll ever want to know. In the 70s, I hung out with HR Puffin stuff. <laughs> I just felt like that would sound funny in that voice. Reported to HR after that. <laughs> it was a bad time. But, uh, you know, Will, what I think uh, you don't even realize is uh, just sort of the way that the timing and the release of all the Black Cast episodes are. The next episode that uh, we're going to do, so Blackcast 448 yeah. is going to be our Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad wow. special. You have these banked up? Yeah. I've got uh, a couple of Black Widow shows and uh, some uh, artist interviews, musician interviews. You would and stuff. do a couple of Black Widow shows. Well, here's the reason why there are multiple Black Widow shows. Because I have done multiple episodes for Marvel Movie Talk. That's true. And I am uh, nothing if not in the business of, yes, synergy, but also repurposing previously mm. recorded content. Uh, so does, is it like, everybody, welcome to the Blackcast Movie News. <laughs> It should be like that. <laughs> yeah, it should actually be like that. It's uh, yeah. There's a there's a great uh, Simpsons episode that aired like the the night of the Super Bowl or the night before the Super Bowl, and they're like, yeah, I'm rooting for the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> and they literally did that, but they didn't try to hide it. That's it's awesome. sort of like that. But uh, so I'm excited, and uh, you and I will watch that. Uh, I think in the movies, right? We don't have to watch it on HBO no, Max. We that could sounds go crazy. To the movie theater. Yeah. So we'll do that, and uh, we appreciate people popping into the live chat. Lynn B. Nice to hear from yeah. her. Uh, Dan Carroll uh, out in New Jersey, uh, and uh, and of course Dominica Saxon. Like, let's not uh, forget about him. Uh, so, uh, Will, uh, it's on the screen. But for our audio listeners, if people want to continue the conversation, like, hey, I miss uh, I miss old Will Sterling. Yeah. Where do they find you? Will Sterling underscore yeah Twitter and Instagram because that guy. And I as, think I'm on I think I'm on TikTok, but I don't know how to use it, and I never post there. I, I am not on it, and yeah. I also don't know how to use it. I'm really trying because mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like an old person, but this is the first thing where I'm like, oh. My God, yeah, I have no fucking because idea. you're you're like strict. You're like firmly in your 30s now, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah you've reached that point. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we appreciate all of it. It was uh, always fun to talk about Kiss, and uh, I I look forward to watching the extended five hour cut of this with you without commercials, and it'll actually take less time <laughs> because those commercials won't pop up all the time. You can interact with us. All right, thank you, Will. Before I let all of you go, I want to share with you a delightful conversation that I had with our friend Amy Cassandra Martinez about this very same topic, KISS. But the interesting thing is that this is a conversation that took place two and a half years ago as part of a session where we recorded Amy's reaction to the Captain Marvel movie back in March of 2019. Now, during that session, we also talked about her experiences seeing KISS for the first time right here in Los Angeles at the Forum just a few weeks earlier. So if you're listening... You're clearly a KISS fan, and if you're a longtime Blackcast fan, you remember Amy very well, and it's been a while since we've had her on. So 
to continue our conversation, welcome back to the Blackcast, Amy Cassandra Martinez. Welcome back to the Blackcast, Amy. <laughs> Thank so, you. So, this concert, Seeing Kiss at the Forum, how many times had you seen them before this? Zero. Wait a minute. I, I knew the answer to this, but it's more fun for the conversation. This was the first time you saw Kiss. Yeah, in person. Right. Well, sure. Yeah, I'm on video and, and whatnot, but you'd never been to a concert before. Now, your husband had been once before, right? Yes, with his dad, my father-in-law. And we have uh, the pictures that are uh, posted along with this episode. And, of course... Uh, you can find them on social media. Amy has hers at Amy Cassandra MTZ. I'm at Christian DMZ. Uh, we got the Z's in there. That's all that really matters. But talk a little bit about how long it took you to put on that makeup and how excited you were uh, for the concert at, while you were getting ready. Okay, so it took me, <laughs> it was a full day event, honestly, because I'd seen a video on, I want to say Cosmopolitan on YouTube, because I looked up how Gene Simmons does his own makeup. And he ended up doing a whole tutorial on Sophie, his daughter. So I was like, okay. So I knew it was going to be a full day thing. Um, it took maybe five, six hours. For someone that's never really done that kind of makeup, I thought that was pretty good. I took my time, let it breathe a little, and then looked at it again. My husband was Paul Stanley and I was Gene Simmons. So Paul Stanley was much easier to do on someone else's face. I've been Paul Stanley before and the star can get very difficult, which is weird because it's just a star. But yeah, Gene Simmons, uh, you know, the demon makeup was a little bit tougher, but we, you know, we happen to have the right kind of makeup from uh, Halloween. I was already prepared and I was using Q-tips and I did mess up several times, but I did know that Gene Simmons sucks on a red lifesaver 30 minutes before he goes on so before they all go on so i wanted to do that so we even stopped at a gas station <laughs> to make sure that we got that and so you'd be surprised how many other colors of lifesavers there are in every single like roll so we got two and i ended up getting maybe six. Oh, so. good so that's but, that's plenty of red, know, yeah. You have to keep that in mind if you're ever going to do this. Try to wait as long as possible until you have to, you know, get the lifesavers in your mouth so that you can have the red, like, bloody tongue. <laughs> We met up uh, beforehand uh, with uh, my friend Will, who had the uh, the Eric Carr makeup, the the second drummer, the Fox makeup. But tell us, what is it like for you when the lights go down and and the concert actually starts? You know, I. I have a lot of goals in life and one of them is to go to more concerts because there's certain there's a feeling that you get when you realize like holy moly I'm actually here I'm gonna see this band in concert and that hit me when they started singing and I was like and I'm not even kidding you I mean Kiss has been a big part of my life since I was a kid and it reminds me a lot about my mom who's she passed away almost uh well um, nine years ago Eight years ago. Um, so the moment it happened, I started crying. And I was like, whoa, I was so not expecting this. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, when you finally see someone in concert, you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. You've seen them on, you know, tour, through social media, or even, heck, we used to watch Gene Simmons Family Jewels. It had been a long time coming. And for me to finally be able to attend one of their concerts and to see that live was, it was it was an out-of-body experience, and then everything started happening, and I was like, woo -hoo! It was just so loud. 
Yeah, it's and- it's so loud. The stage show that they had for this tour is great, and you know all the different moving pieces, the ways that they're raised up and moving around, and Paul flying through the air. And uh, as oh. I told you, the, my seat was actually right next to where he flew over to, so that was a lot of fun. Because uh, I've seen him do that before, but I'd never actually been right there, so that was uh, great. So yeah, it was all very exciting. It's always very exciting to see the band, and I will tell you, as cool as the makeup and the costumes are, the first time I saw them in 1990 was when they didn't have the makeup. And even that, that was the second concert I ever went to. I was just like, I was blown away by that. So just just imagine it's that level where you're adding in a whole other dynamic when you see them when they're doing the the makeup and the costumes and the you know the bigger stage show. So what are some highlights and favorite songs that you got to hear during the show? Beth? Yeah, I think that that's a really I re, I really like that uh, the way that they do it where you know Eric comes out at the the piano and then everybody kind of comes out and stands around him at the end. Uh, yeah. I thought that's a that's kind of a nice way to uh, start off the encore. Rock and roll all night. Sure. Yeah, my wife always likes all the confetti and everything. That's always her favorite oh, part. The confetti was so cool. I seriously I stashed some away in my clothes as they were falling, and I was like, I'm gonna save you for later, and I don't. I mean, I'm sure I have them somewhere, but it's just kind of in the moment you're like, I'm going to cherish this one little tiny piece of confetti for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, I, I filled I filled up the plastic bag that had my $75 T-shirt in it. And you'd think I'm joking, but uh, I know that Amy doesn't think I'm joking because she was there uh, because yeah. it was long sleeve. It was $75, but it was the one I liked the most. So, you know, some t- if they were a little cheaper, maybe I would have bought two, but uh, that's all right. Oh. So I stuffed that bag with with some of the confetti. And then like two days later, my wife's like, what are you going to do with this? And I'm like, nothing. So I threw it away. <laughs> yeah, but in the moment, you're like, I was yes, so excited. I need it. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it was, uh, I don't know, it was such a fun show. And, you know, I've seen them in recent years and obviously all the way back to Wow, almost 30 years now, I guess, uh, back to 1990. And it's hard to say, you know, whether one was the best or not. It's hard to compete with the first time you see somebody. But, I mean, this was certainly the best stage show that they had. And, uh, you know, just uh, all those people being there, so, so exciting. And the forum in L.A. was redone, I don't know, within the last decade, last like five, six years. And it's really only used for concerts now, so it has great sound. It's for me personally, it's the best like indoor concert venue I've ever been to just for sound of that size. So, uh, yeah, it it was such a great night. And if you're listening to this episode, you're probably already a a fan of Kiss and you're probably going already if you haven't. But if you're on the fence and you even, you know, maybe you're just like, oh, I kind of like them. It's going to be a great night. Uh, I I strongly recommend, Amy, that uh, people check out Kiss on the end of the road tour. Oh, for sure. And I mean, whether it's really the end or not, I think we should not necessarily pretend it's the end, but kind of cherish it because you never know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I fully believe that they'll come back to the L.A. area at least one more time. You know, maybe they don't play the same venue, that sort of thing, because, you know, they like that week they played in Anaheim at the Honda Center and like the little pop up ad from Live Nation said the final time in Anaheim. But then like and also in L.A., you know, so it's like I, I feel like you would market it as this is the last chance you're going to have to see them. So by not saying it, I'm at least hopeful that they'll be back at some point. And of course, by that point, I think uh, Felix, who already knows rock and roll all night, uh, I, th- I think he'll be ready to go. And 
as the video I shared with Amy just earlier today shows, when my little Lucy took her first steps, she was wearing her Kiss shirt. So I think she got the power of the demon, the star child, the spaceman, and the catman. I think that's what helped her finally uh, take her first steps. Oh, yes. And that's glorious. Like, seriously. Ten years from now, or heck... I don't know, even a few years from now, you're going to be like, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I know, like, look how cool you are. You're, you're, you're a little rock star. But you know you know who else is cool and a little rock star? You, Amy. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Please <laughs> go on. But uh, anyway, I wanted to, it was just so much fun to see you at the concert beforehand and then talking to you afterwards. I was like, well, let's, let's, let's have a little time because I wanted to just sort of let you gush about your excitement. And uh, I, I assume your husband, even having seen him before, I'm sure Mickey really enjoyed it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think every single time you go to a concert with different people, you're going to experience different things. And I'm sure like he was probably looking at me and being like, wow, she's like really into it. I don't know. I think people underestimate how crazy some of us can get at concerts. Yeah. And just like, how good the show can be, you know? So, yeah. Well, you know, I, I like to hope that we'll get a chance to see them again and then we can talk about it on the broadcast again. But uh, <laughs> as we always tell people, they can find you on social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ. And that has links to all the different places that you uh, do things. Uh, so including the broadcast. Amy, yes. thanks, thanks so much for taking some time to uh, chat with us. I, I'm going to put you on the spot and say you'll have to be back soon. Yes. Thanks again, Amy Cassandra Martinez on social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ. And of course, thanks to Will Sterling. And a kiss episode would not be complete without a huge thanks to the one and the only Mr. Rob Lorich. Also, thanks to all of you. And we will see you for Blackcast 448 which is our Suicide Squad review featuring myself, Agent Starling, Captain EO, and the raging rhino himself, John Nolan. That'll be next time on the Blackcast. Oh, you.